Hello, hello. I want to make sure everyone out there is aware of Relathan Educate's first annual classroom management workshop. We have been working on some fantastic and exciting and wonderful things to present to you guys. And now that I say those words, I hear it too. I hear the teacher in me coming out and all of my descriptive adjectives that I've for 15 years been writing at the tops of papers and encouraging little things to tell my students about their work. So I'm just gonna embrace it. Come to Relate and Educate's first annual fantastic, awesome, exciting, wonderful, amazing, super cool, radical, A-plus classroom management workshop. Okay, but it really is going to be all of those things. So we're going to be hosting this workshop in September. We're going to host it in Tulsa, September 21st. And then the very next week, same workshop, different location. We're going to be in Oklahoma City, September 28th. So in Tulsa, we're going to be meeting again September 21st at Tulsa Community College. They have a really cool new event space that we're going to be in, which I'm very excited to get to be presenting and doing all that stuff there. And then the very next week, in Oklahoma City, well, I guess Edmond, technically, it's going to be at UCO, the University of Central Oklahoma, on September 28th. So again, same workshop, just different dates, different location. This classroom management workshop is, you can earn up to five CE hours, cha-ching, and it's going to be wonderful. Um, it's held in September, so think about this. School starts in August, and here in Oklahoma, you're going to have a month with your new students. You have a new group of kids, new groups of, you know, wonderful combinations, and also you'll probably have some new issues that you're identifying a month into school. And what a better time to come and talk about those issues that you've identified in your classroom than to come to our classroom management workshop in September because that's exactly what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about the importance of building relationships, having rigor and being relevant. We're going to learn some de-escalation techniques, effectively communicate with your parents and caregivers, and also how to have fun with teaching without losing control of your classroom, which isn't that what we all want. We want to create these, this fun environment, this wonderful, engaging you know, these wonderful, engaging learning experiences for our students, and we want them to be fun, but we also want learning to be happening. So there has to be some classroom management happening there, and we will help you with that. We have some wonderful instructors, Rick Holmes, Katie Kinder, Aaron Patton, myself, and Joe Lane. Now, Rick Holmes is the founder of Relate and Educate. Rick Holmes taught um, 20 years in the high school area and also was a coach. Katie Kinder is a 16-year middle school teacher. She is a speaker, she's an author, and she is a teacher coach. She coaches the teachers in her school. Me, Erin Patton, I am a 15-year elementary teacher. Now I'm doing the whole Relate and Educate thing. And then Joe Lane. Joe is the founder of the Teaching and Leading Initiative of Oklahoma, TLI. We're partnering with TLI to bring this classroom management workshop to you guys. And so you guys are so fortunate to get to have Joe as one of your presenters. I've been lucky enough to get to see Joe in the classroom working with the teachers that she mentors and coaches and she is wonderful she's fantastic so I'm so excited for you guys to get to know her for this um, workshop we're going to be presenting and then we're also throughout the day going to be breaking out into different breakout sessions depending on you know what area you teach so we're going to have elementary middle high school and special ed breakout sessions so that we can talk about how to implement and apply all of these wonderful strategies into our classroom it's going to be wonderful. So everyone go to relatethaneducate.com, get on our website, look for information about the classroom management workshop, 
and register today. We cannot wait to see you in September. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Relate and Educate podcast. Erin Patton here. This week's episode is over classroom management, and we talked to Katie Kinder and Joe Lane, which is perfect because Rick, me, Katie, and Joe are the ones who are going to be leading our classroom management workshops here in like, oh my goodness, like less than two weeks. It's so soon. Just you know, I know y'all just heard the ad, but just to let you know, it's September 21st in Tulsa, September 28th in Oklahoma City. Check out our um, website, relateandeducate.com to register. And yeah, it's going to be great. So this episode this week um, is kind of just like a little taste of what you're going to get at the workshop. We were really excited to get to come together and be in the same room and just start, you know, talking about classroom management. And we shared our successes and some things that worked really well for us. And then we laughed at and kind of cringed at a lot of the things that didn't work so well because as you know it, it's kind of trial and error because every class is different, every kid is different, and every need is different. So, you know, you just kind of have to try it until you find something that works. So anyway, I'll keep this intro really short because this is a good one. I'm going to let y'all get into it. Enjoy this classroom management episode with Katie Kinder and Joe Lane. Amplifying the voices of teachers. This is Relate and Educate. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Relate and Educate podcast. Aaron Patton here in Rick's office. Hey, Rick. Hey. And it is a Relate Then Educate party today. We are here. Everybody. With, everybody's here. We are here with Katie Kinder. Hey, Katie. Hi. <laughs> And Joe Lane. Hello, hey, Joe. Now, Joe's voice is very sultry and sexy. Yes, on purpose. <laughs> she did that just for you guys. <laughs> no, she usually talks a little less sultry-ish, but... A little less like I'm on um, some some X-rated movie, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we like it. I love it, I love it. So tell us tell us what happened. Yeah, um, so I recently got back from Chicago, where my family is from, and suffered a serious uh. asthma-related issue. Um, but oh. I am back at it. On got the off mend. the plane early today, and here I am. She texted us last night with a selfie in the hospital with like oxygen Tubes. hooked up yeah. to her yes and she's like hey um i'm gonna try to be there tomorrow but i'm in the hospital and we're all like oh my what? gosh and she's sitting here everyone i'm yeah, just like, a mess she made it yeah <laughs> i i really wanted to smuggle back a deep dip, deep dish pizza but there was nothing oh. open this morning at six o'clock to smuggle <laughs> one back from chicago <laughs> i love it all right well we have done an episode with katie and we've talked about joe we mentioned you all the time first name basis we mention all your stuff but our audience hasn't gotten to meet you so joe who are you what was your journey to get into education sure so um my journey started actually in an alternative pathway like many folks who mm -hmm. enter education i started uh through teach for america as a teach for america alumna uh, core member in phoenix arizona um, I've now been in Tulsa for the last 12 plus years 
And in that time, I have been working coaching teachers uh, for that entire time, um, partially within the nonprofit sector, uh, some as a school administrator. Um, I'm now currently exploring options um, as the former founder of the Teaching and Leading Initiative, or TLI. Um, I'm a professor through Johns Hopkins University and mm. York College. Uh, I didn't know doing, that. And doing some celebrity teacher yes. preparation and administrator preparation through those programs. So just, uh, just all things adult capacity building within the context of education and now exploring other options yeah. even outside of that. What did you teach? I taught middle school. Okay. That's which I view middle school children as an acquired taste. They're like pickles, you know, like you either love pickles or you hate pickles. And I I love those middle school weirdos and um, Same. Yeah. Yes. They are they're a lot of fun. Now they're in their like mid twenties with children themselves. It's very weird. That's so yeah. wild. Um, you stay long enough and you'll have their kids. Oh no. Yeah. No, okay. I can't do it. Absolutely not. not in happen. your classroom. Like, too weird. Be, no, too weird. My my wife and I just got uh, asked to, to attend one of the the first stu- one of my first students. She was a basketball player. She just turned forty, so no. they asked if we could come to, to her birthday party. And I was oh, like, "You're not what? old enough for that, right?" Oh boy. <laughs> Oh, I am. Well, I guess you were like 22 teaching yep. like high schoolers, yeah. so they're not that much younger than you, I That's guess. That's right. Nope. Oh, my Absolutely. goodness. But it's still weird. Yeah. yeah. Of course. still weird. Yeah. All right. So we have a classroom management workshop coming up. In two of them. Two of them. Yes. Thank you. In Tulsa on September 21st and then in Oklahoma City on September on September 28th. And the people who are going to be leading that workshop is the four of us right here, or mm-hmm. are the four of us right here. So um, I, for those new listeners who may not have heard this, I have um, taught in the elementary for 15 years, off from second grade to fifth grade and then STEM. Um, and so I've been in the elementary, covered that for a long time. Katie and Joe have lots and lots of experience in the middle school. And then what about, what about you, Rick? Well, another thing is that both Joe and Katie helped teachers. Like they were, they were yes. teacher teachers, yes. teacher coaches, both. And so they're very, very good at what they do. Um, I was a teacher in the high school. Middle, I started in middle school. Acquired taste. I moved to the high school. <laughs> <laughs> My jam was the high school for sure. And I was there for 20 years. And so I've, I've gone around the block a few times. Yeah. And then, Katie, how long were you teaching? Let's see. I, start, I actually started in high school. Mm-hmm. And I was a ninth grade teacher, and I did uh-huh. some sophomore stuff. But I landed in, in seventh and eighth grade as uh-huh. my – that's really – Your sweet. little niche. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, I don't know, 2006 – Let's not talk about ages. Yeah. Why are we talking about <laughs> ages? Like, what are you doing to us right She's now? well experienced at teaching. That's all we need to know. That's right. Yeah, she's been around the block. Okay, so we are so excited, though, to do this classroom management workshop with everyone coming. And so that's what we're going to kind of talk about today. We're going to cl- talk about our experiences with classroom management and, you know, probably laugh at some of our failures, maybe get some <laughs> tips and tools of, you know, what you guys could use in your classroom. But let's start like, I was thinking today what classroom management looked like when I was a kid and lots of public, like, yeah, public humiliation. It was, you know, like changing your card or 
you know, turning your stick or doing all of those kind of things. I mean, that, and I feel like that is kind of the extent of what classroom management kind of looked or felt like as a kid. I'm sure there was more put into it, but what about you guys? What did classroom management look like when you were growing up? Well, I remember, well, you guys know this, that I struggled with my behavior starting yeah. in about the fifth grade to about my sophomore year in high school. So And and there are some great stories in your book about there are yes. some great, and I have even more. It's like a vault of it goes deep. Uh, so I I li- I kind of liked that attention. Oh, which what is me. what is wrong with this future teacher? Like <laughs> and my mom was a high or you know, she was a principal in a different district and so they would have to come and, and have this meeting about why I was out of control but it was a lot of hall sitting yeah it was some yelling yeah it was some public humiliation Mm -hmm. yeah for sure yeah swats no I didn't get swats but I am sure there are some teachers I owe big apologies (laughs) who I should have been like I should have been beat up like that was a thing in my high school and Bixby High School, I graduated in 2002. That was still a thing that they were swatting people then. I, I was, I didn't get swatted. I've done Thank it. Thank goodness. I, I, I did it early on. Okay. I, I was, you swatted people? Yeah. It was, it's a weird experience. <gasps> yeah. But here's, here's my experience growing I can't imagine. up. Yeah, I know. It's weird. It's like, you know, you're beating a kid in a controlled setting and it's, yeah. and, and nobody has a problem with it, you know, in that school. So but wild. I grew up with my, um, dad he was a principal old school he had a paddle on his wall mm-hmm. in his office and he's he would come home and he'd talk about swats that he gave to this kid or that kid or whatever and um it was just kind of a thing it was just a given that mm-hmm. that is how you discipline kids so i start teaching and i remember my last year at my first job so i was there for four years uh i was finally comfortable in the classroom kind of comfortable with the whole thing and uh, this, this kid in, in this history class, which I didn't have very many students in that particular class, just kind of ha- because of the scheduling, but he had drawn this thing, like this little cartoon about me, and put it on my desk while I was out in the hall with <laughs> what's that, another teacher or whatever, right? So I come in, and remember, there's like less than 12 kids in the classroom. Oh, wow. And I come in, and there's this derogatory cartoon on my on my desk and this is totally out of the blue tell me you kept it yeah. do you have no. it <laughs> it's like laminated somewhere no i it was so bizarre like why would he do this yes and then i could just i just scanned i picked it up i looked at it and i just looked up and scanned the room and i i knew which kid it was yeah <laughs> it was that easy him and his buddy and i took them both out in the hall did a little bit of you know fact finding and uh figured out who it was Mm. and i had the kid because this happened to one of my buddies when we went to school in that building when we were in middle (laughs) school i had him go up to the third floor to whatever teacher had uh the paddle there was a designated teacher for the paddle she oh my she's the keeper of the paddle and i i i bounced i i went from title i went from (laughs) the keeper of the paddle you can have the the paddle (laughs) But I'm I not going to use the paddle, but I just want <laughs> yeah. the title. That title's yeah. cool. <laughs> but I knew she had it. I sent him up. I said, hey, you're going to go up to Mrs. So-and-so's room. You're going to ask for the paddle. You're going to bring it back down. And I did that because I wanted him to feel it. Like he had to go up and get the paddle and bring it back to me. You know what I mean? And all of this in retrospect is cruel. It's cruel to a, 
however he's probably 13 yeah and he's, now he's in therapy because of your probably <laughs> probably <laughs> well he's still drilling down like why am i so sad yeah <laughs> it's all started oh, it's with Coach this Holmes. naughty cartoon yeah so i gave him two swats yeah and i said all right i want you to take all right first of all i want you to go to the bathroom clean yourself up take as long as you want and then i want you to take the paddle up to mrs so-and-so's room tell her thank you and then come back and enter the classroom whenever you're ready so there's a little bit of kindness yes in there. but in my heart i was like i can't do this anymore and i moved to a different district in a different state and that was just not done and and no school i went to after that gotcha. even thought about that kind of thing so i don't know how we got on this subject but no it's um, but that was management a, of fa- it's fascinating. It's a part of history. Yeah. That and it's I regional just, to your point. Absolutely. Right? Rural. It was my experience. Because uh, in that. the suburbs of Chicago, that is not a thing. Mm-hmm. We didn't even do the card thing really. Maybe, maybe early oh, on. Really? Maybe early elementary. Yeah. But you just, you got the teacher look and that was it. <laughs> um, there was no public humiliation. Yeah. There was the, the uh, really involved families, really involved families that just wow. made it so school just kind of functioned. Um, and again, it's about over 90% of my graduating class in, in Neighborville, Illinois, went to a four-year university. So wow. Wow. We're, we're talking kind of a different yeah. school population yeah. entirely. I think classroom management is a cultural thing. Schools are cultural communities are cultural and so if you have parents that come up to school and say look what you did to my son or daughter because of what they did that is not acceptable Mm. then things will start changing Mm -hmm. the opposite it was more like hey son or daughter what you did was not (laughs) acceptable Uh, yeah and you do whatever that teacher tells you to do even if we disagree with that teacher true yeah true um you know there was a there was a different level of support for teachers back then at least Mm -hmm. from my perspective is that regardless of how good that teacher was the Mm. adults were backing each other up sorry kids yeah that's just not something you see very often anymore (laughs) well that's that's regional as well um i i taught in two different states and when i went to arkansas there was just a whole different vibe that surrounded teachers uh, kids families mm-hmm. they just had a respect for and it could have changed you know by now i don't know but i was able to see okay that the way that i know it isn't the way it has to be mm-hmm. there are different ways i'm yeah. glad you mentioned the word respect because this reminds me of a story from my my third year of teaching i had a seventh grader who cussed at another kid across the mm-hmm. class and then I redirected her naturally because you can't do that. Mm-hmm. And um, so she started cussing me out in the mm-hmm. middle of the class. And I said, okay, we're going to step out of the hallway. And uh, so I got out there. I was terrified. This, this little girl, I'm telling you, she was, she was scary. <laughs> um, she was very intimidating. She had a little, like, prowess about her. Mm. And she started yelling at me in the hallway still. She said, all you effing teachers just cause think because you're a teacher that we should automatically mm. respect you. And I said, yeah, you're right. And clearly I haven't earned it yet. Oh, wow. And, you know, in my brain, I'm thinking, oh, girlfriend, because I'm, a, I'm about to, like, smosh your little attitude. <laughs> but I just listened to her. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't know what I did. I clearly haven't earned it. Um, oh, but wow. I'm going to work really hard to make sure that I do. Mm. 
And I'm telling you, that girl became my fiercest advocate. Mm. Anyone crossed me, you don't mess with Miss Maybe because Sabrina's going to come right after you. Um, <laughs> and because I clearly didn't earn it. I yeah. hadn't earned it yet. I don't know what I did. It was early on in the school year. But that's the kind of attitude that I think teachers need to continue to have yes. is that it, it's not automatic. Mm. It shouldn't be automatic. Mm -hmm. Just goes your, of your position or your title or your age or your gender or your race. You shouldn't automatically gain, res earn respect. You, uh, gain respect. You have to earn mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And that's for your consistency, your messaging, your relationships, your, mm. your kindness, your compassion. Like she should have been suspended for... I don't even know how long mm -hmm. she was easily in my class five minutes later. Mm. Yeah. You could have easily sent her to the, to the I could have escalated that and I chose yeah. not to. Let's dissect what happened there because there were a couple of things that really keyed my ears. Whenever things exploded, what, it, what was the first thing that you did? Uh, take a deep breath. Mm. Good. Um, one thing that is really hard and, and I talk about often in, in the trainings that I do is the importance of emotional constancy mm -hmm. because, uh, students will, will always fail to mind their elders, but they will never fail to emulate them. Mm -hmm. So if you want them to be calm, kind, compassionate, level-headed, we have to model that constantly because they're mm -hmm. going to do exactly what we do. Mm -hmm. um, so it was hard because I, I, I have a little bit of an attitude on me if someone tries <laughs> me. Um, but, you know, taking that deep breath and, and calming down and realizing that the that all misbehavior or all in this case, situationally inappropriate behavior mm. is, is communication. It's communication. And yeah. I need to figure out how to best communicate in that situation. Mm -hmm. mm, but the, the thing that you did taking that breath so that you make a rational choice. Awesome. But then you took her outside the classroom. Mm. So you took away her audience. Yeah. Right. And then you were able to have like an actual conversation without the spectacle but mm -hmm. it, but it continued. Yeah. And then what brought the end of that? Like she was coming at you with a, all emotion. Was it the fact that you just listened, or was it the the fact that you owned? Yeah. Yeah. I you, have you're responsibility. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so you know she was the oldest of seven children, and was taking care of mm. her younger siblings. Sure. And every day after school, her younger siblings would come to my classroom to get the extra breakfast. Awesome. Um, so like it was, there was hurt there. It yeah. wasn't just that situation with that kid or with mm -hmm. that, with me, there was, there was pain. Mm -hmm. And, and when we dissect, um, that type of behavior, we, there's this great theorist, his name is Dr. Ablon. Um, he has a Ted talk. And one of the things that he says is that kids do well if they can. Mm. And mm -hmm. if they are struggling, there's something that they're struggling with mm -hmm. frustration, tolerance, problem solving, reasoning. Right. And we can use the type of communication that they have to I identify what, what is holding them back from being successful. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I, I replay that phrase in my mm -hmm. head often. Kids do well if they can. Adults do well if they can, too. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. kids do well if they can. A lot can. of the time. And you wrote a blog article about that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So check that out. And it's a good TED Talk, too. I watched yes. it after your blog article. Mm -hmm. So 
we've improved as a whole as you know in education and how we you know deal with classroom management and how we approach our students and you know there's a better way to do it than just corporal pun corporal punishment there's a better way to do it than just you know suspending kids there's just you know getting to the heart of a kid and building those relationships we know that that is so important now i do want to start because i am such a relationship person as i know all of you are are too but i do want to state that not all i know that not all behavioral problems can be solved with having a good relationship with Correct. that student. I mean, you can have the best classroom management strategies, the best relationships with each and every student, and you're still going to have, you know, hard things come up that you have to deal with. So I don't know. I do want to talk about the relationships because I think while that doesn't solve all your problems, if you are starting to form good relationship with relationships with your students and, you know, they, are trusting you, you're starting to build that uh, community of trust with them, then it really does head off a lot mm -hmm. of the problems that you may have. So let's talk about that. How has building relationships worked for you all? Well, I think it fixes 98% yeah. of behavior mm -hmm. if they know you love them. And I say it over and over again. And that works for me. Yeah. And I say that in my workshops as well. Like I can look at my kids and say, I love you too yes. much for that. And by October, Aww. somebody acts foolish and I'm talking to them before I even get out there to talk to them. Like, we know you love us too much for this. I'm like, uh, okay, <laughs> thank you. I so, literally say the same thing. Do you? So I love you too much for you to be doing this right now. Yeah. And so maybe Rick doesn't, you know, go full in with his high schoolers and say, I love you too much for this. Because then like, maybe they thought that was weird. But it works for me. Yeah. And Women privilege. It <laughs> maybe. is. Maybe. I mean, it but really I, is. I had a PLC partner who, she was like, you know what? I'm going to try it. And she said it super awkwardly to one kid. <laughs> and she's like, I'm never doing that again. Yeah. But she was very like, she did a whole different approach. And that's what, like, there's no one size yes. fits all. Yes. She was very yep. zen, almost like yoga-like. And and it, we we worked so well together. Because yeah. I'm like, ah, let's do this. <laughs> and so when kids came to me who needed her, we mm -hmm. switched them. Yeah. And if kids came to her that needed me, we switched them. That's good. And so we really... Uh, you know, we use each other's strengths and, and work together well. But that's what works for me. Yes. I love you too much for this. That's such yeah. a key point because you have people who are extroverted, those who are introverted, those who are high energy and, the, and low. And nothing, none of that is wrong. It's just you have to be honest with, who, with yourself and say, you know what? I can't be Katie Kinder. I just mm. can't do that. Like, Personally, I, I could. aspire to be. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Whatever. I, no, sh truly. I could pull it off for 10 minutes, and then I'd be emotionally exhausted, yes. and I would be worthless. So I've got to go at my pace. I've got to set up my room the way that it works for me. Yeah. And so it, it goes down to, like, where do you put the desk? Do you do rows? Do you do circle? Do you scattershot any, any, yes. anywhere you want? Do you do all group work or not? Like, all of this plays into your personality. Because what we're talking about is classroom management is systems, it's processes, mm -hmm. and it's things that do eliminate most of the problems. And then it's relationships built into that, obviously. But it has to fit your who you are, yeah. right? 
and sometimes it takes a few years to figure out who you are. hundred percent. Who you are in the classroom. And remember that your, your children also dictate who they demand you are. Yeah. Right. Uh. You, you, you have to be the best version of yourself that your students require. And sometimes you're not in the right spot. Mm hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, when I first started coaching in pre-K classrooms, oh my goodness. Whoa. Um, (laughs) that's Aaron's jam. Yeah. I love pre-K. That's even a little too young for me. (laughs) I love pre-K. Third through fifth grade. (laughs) Love it. Love it. It would require a totally different set of skills. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. that, that I would have to figure out how to possess. And so placement matters and who you're like, like, like we mentioned earlier, you know, schools are cultural. Mm -hmm. So the culture matters and who you are within that culture matters as well. So you can know yourself intimately and then walk into a new environment and you have to shift because that's what the environment demands of you. A thousand percent. Yeah. So, um, still going on the relationship thing, just because I really think, I mean, I think that's a message that teachers are receiving that forming relationships with your students. I mean, that is ideal. I feel like that is, you know, something that we are inherently learning is good, but like, how do we do that? How are we forming relationships with our kids? There's a quote um, by Callan Dion that says, encouraging someone to be entirely themselves is the loudest way to love them. And this quote is actually relatively new to me. I love that. Yeah, I know. Over the last couple of years, but that's kind of, that's how even though I didn't have those eloquent, beautiful words that Callan said, Mm. that's kind of how I tried to conduct my class and tried to form relationships with my kids is just, I want to know you. I want to know everything about you. Like I want to know what makes you tick, what makes you laugh, what makes you sad, what makes you happy, what all of those things. And so, and encouraging those kids, if you have a classroom full of kids or a day full of kids, if you have kids coming to you all day, that like there are kids that feel like in your room, in your space, that they can be them unapologetically comfortably them. I mean, that's beautiful. And I think that's a, such a perfect starting point to where like the magic of teaching can happen. So that's very difficult to pull off. It really is. And there, there's yeah. one thing, you know, we, the name of our organization is relate and educate, uh-huh. but there is an element of you have to show proficiency when when they come into your classroom they have to recognize yes. you as a capable teacher that knows what they're doing no, knows can, can be a conductor we're going from point a to point b mm-hmm. and this is how we're going to be there now if you can pull that off the next step is to engage with them in relationship mm-hmm. and things like that uh, because otherwise if you don't have the proficiency and you have the relationship then you're just a good friend that's true <laughs> then you're that's a buddy. true <laughs> yeah and you don't yeah. want that yeah <laughs> you don't want that that cannot work long term <laughs> yeah i want to name that i think there's often a false dichotomy uh regarding classroom management that you can just do classroom management in a vacuum without really good content um. and content matters so so deeply because i can manage my classroom like crazy but if i put garbage in front of children they're not going to engage with it they're not going to want you're talking about worksheets and oh yeah if if i could if i could get rid of one one thing instructionally that would never enter a classroom ever again it is word searches amen (laughs) one in four children are dyslexic let's put a whole bunch of jumbled letters in front of them 
and, and watch them get frustrated. And watch them get say. frustrated. Yeah. It's called. It's, I mean, I don't With use no this in my classroom. Value. Right. Yes. It's a shut up sheet. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there's, you there's no, you can't point to say this is, we're accomplishing this with the word search other than I put something challenging in front mm. of their face and see, to see if they could figure it out. Yes. <laughs> That's it. Mm-hmm. So yes. you, you develop relationships through your content, mm-hmm. right? Kids start to know you because you're putting interesting literature in front of them yeah. or you're doing experiments that are fun for you in front of them you know you're you're analyzing primary sources with them like you develop those relationships through your content it is not just revealing small parts about your personal life with yes which can also be awkward yeah Yeah. very very awkward (laughs) very awkward and and the rigor of the content that you put in front of them influences how they think about how you think of them right Mm -hmm. in other words if if you're putting low level stuff in front of them they're going to think this is all you think i'm capable uh, of yeah yeah and they'll start you'll start to erode trust yeah. if you don't have good content yeah that is so good that's so true when i think of like my sweet spot years that just like i feel like i got it it was it is when it's like i'm they're, I'm putting forth good content for them to learn. And like you said, it's like, this is how much high, how highly I think of you that like, you can do this, that you as a fifth grader, you can do this like big debate or whatever it is. And so that's good. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. They can't be separated. I think, you know, I got, I've gotten into a few debates with a couple of superintendents, uh, over the last couple of years where they said, you know, things like we have to recognize that some kids need to come to school just to be loved dot 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 and learn like they're you can't just say they're coming to school to be loved like that's actually dramatically lowering the bar for everyone yeah kids and adults Mm -hmm. and it's not i i know we talk often about maslow's over blooms is this big thing that people it's a false dichotomy we can do both yep it is possible and i'm i'm just sick of that like uh debate about we have to address this need yeah. first before we can address this need where it's like, actually it is possible to do both. Mm-hmm. If we, if we actually have good curriculum, good content. Well, and yeah. holding them to a high standard is loving them. Yes. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like knowing that they can do it and knowing uh, that your standards are high and that you expect that, but also that you as the teacher are going to like drop that mic every day. Like you're going to every single hour, (laughs) six hours a day, you're going to go in and you're going to give it your all. Um, and they see that too. Mm -hmm. They know the teachers that sit on that stool drool and they know the teachers who are up and actually doing their job. And I'm not saying it's easy. Like, you know, we've all had those experiences where you know what that kid is going through. Yeah. You know it, you know, they're not sleeping. You know that their brother just landed in jail or you know whatever and you still have to say pick up your pencil babe you gotta do it and it's hard because Mm -hmm. you know that feeling but their their family sends them to school to get an education and we have an obligation to those families to do that even if it is hard yeah yeah well Um, because it is the number one way to escalate your long-term learning potential and change your family Mm -hmm. trajectory and all that stuff. I have a weird way of thinking about this. Okay. So, so imagine that you're taking your class on a field trip, a walking field trip. My, 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 uh, kids school, they walk to the library often. It's very Mm. cute. 
<laughs> and you know when you get to an end of a road you're not going to half ask the instruction to say like stop yeah look both ways let's make sure no cars are coming let's go right yeah. you're you have a level of fervor in your voice mm. that says you're going to do this thing mm -hmm. because it is a life or life or death situation yes. yeah we need that same level of energy when we say pick up your pencil and start your bell work Right? Because uh -huh. it's the same thing. It's a life or death situation. You pick up that pencil, you get to work, and you have a choice-filled life. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Like So if we imagine that every direction we give in our classroom is like they're standing on that curb, like there's a level of urgency mm -hmm. to get stuff done. Yeah. It's a weird mindset. It's a little messed up because you're talking about like actually chill killing children. <laughs> right? <laughs> But, it's, but, a it's a metaphor. But it's it's a great way to think about it. Like you can't pretend that it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. If if you don't believe that they need to pick up their pencil and start on their bell work with that much energy, you're not putting the right stuff in front of them. Yeah. yeah. And not. and that what you're talking about takes a, a really good high octane fuel. Yeah. To get mm. you through day one to day whatever what, 180 yeah. right, and I would say that my fuel was I loved learning new things about history. I loved coming in. The best the best time in school was when I just finished a book and I came in and, and we would start you know hitting on that topic or that, that time period. And I would be like, brace yourselves, guys. I've got some stories. And then we I would tell them the stories and then I would tell them how it intertwines with everything else that we'd learned. And that really got me going. But I would say that you, Aaron, would be driven through relationship you know like you get excited from the kids and, yes. and that kind of thing yes. i got excited because i just i love to learn new things yeah. and then share it like guess what i just learned yes um but however you acquire that wherever that comes from find out what you love yeah and you use it wherever it the fuel comes from is that what you're yeah, saying yeah well okay. your your love for whatever it is okay will turn into the fuel yeah right um because that is, it does take a lot of energy to be a teacher and to care. It does. Yeah. You yeah. know, much. from day one to the, to the end of the, of the year. So, yeah. Katie, you in your book and in your TED Talk that I heard you, you talked about a student. I can't remember his name. Marcus. Marcus. Thank you. It's a pseudonym. And, oh, no, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> and this story, if you don't mind sharing it, you can go into as much detail as you want, but I just feel like this your relationship with this kid just perfectly shows like how it's done. I feel like I am. I I've had the video of the TED talk, but I've like signed my life away that I won't oh, share gotcha. it with anyone. So I'm just like sitting on it, and then I have to wait until I'm vetted through TED, which can okay. take up to a year. Oh my goodness! So it's like um, TED talks. When you see those people up there, it's, it's legit. serious. Yeah. Um, and you know the the stage under my feet. They, oh yes, splitting. <laughs> she was standing there, and her feet just slowly were getting. <laughs> it's a, it, was a, it was beautifully done, and I I also had. Can I just be real with all of you right now? Absolutely. I had snot, um, because it was so cold in there, and I was up there, and I'm talking. I've got, and it's live. You know, live to tape, and so you've got an audience, and Erin's precious because she was there, and. But I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm standing up here. I'm in the middle of it and I've saw it. <laughs> and I'm like, what am I can't I can't do this. And I can't like I just 
put my hand over my nose, everyone. And, <laughs> like, what am I going to do? And they were precious. Like, they, like, cut out the snot in some sort of way. Oh, nice. Like, when the snot was there... <laughs> This is like too much. God no, bless you, Ted. I love it. I love it. <laughs> it was like a like far away shot, and then like yeah. uh, when I was messing with my mic at one point, like because it was falling out, um, they like made it magic, and so. Anyways, I'm hopeful for April that it'll okay. be out, and then we, I'm like hopeful for viralness. Yeah. Okay. True. I'm gonna we'll send it. That. I'm gonna send it to Oprah. <laughs> She's like, no, I get a thousand things a day. Uh, so. I was teaching, and my my classroom runs, it's smooth by October. Like, yeah. I put in those first six to nine weeks because... We're going to have to come to, back to that, of, okay. like, how that gets smooth by the point of right. October, but continue this. Yes, so here I am, I'm teaching, and I was staying late, and my counselor came in and said... You know, you're getting a new student tomorrow, and she had this big old file in her hands, and... I'm like, I have to go home. My, my kids want dinner every night. And it's upsetting. <laughs> selfish, selfish children. want to eat every night. And yeah. I, she said, you, and she looked like she'd been crying. And she said, you really need to read about this kid. And he, homeless, abused. I mean, any horrific thing yeah. you can think of happened to this kid. Kicked out of every school, kicked out of every home, had mm. no one, and was going into like a group home. Okay. And I remember just like putting my head down on my desk and just crying for this little boy that I didn't even know. When I say little boy, he was, you know, 6'2 and 200 pounds. He's a seventh grader. And, and he walks the next day and he walks in and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad to see you. Woohoo. Yeah. And he, I was like, you're going to sit right here. We have assigned seats up in here. And he was like, I don't sit in the front. <laughs> And, like, my seventh graders were thrilled. They were, like, looking at me, and they were, it's like a tennis match, and they were looking at him, and they're like, what's she going to do? And I was thinking, what's she going to do? And uh, I said, well, you do in here, sit in your seat, with who? Yeah. And he said, why don't you make me? Oh, goodness. Good start. Yeah. Right. And on his first day at a brand-new school, I kicked him out. I said, I need you to step outside, and we'll talk. And I got the kids going, doing something, and I stepped out, and there's this kid, and he's just determined to hate me. And so broken, didn't trust adults, so I got mm -hmm. real small, made myself small, even though I'm really short already. Why is that important to do? Well, I just think I knew he didn't trust adults. I knew that he'd been kicked out. Somebody had said, this is your home, you're going to get to stay, and then they kick him out. Mm. Or this is your school, you're going to get to stay, and then they kick him out. Mm -hmm. So he was... If he had a wall up, then mm -hmm. he couldn't get hurt. And so I made myself small, and I said, you don't know this yet, but I love you. Mm -hmm. And he was, like, weirded out by it, was like, what, <laughs> looking at me? And uh, I said, listen, I love all my students, but today all I need you to do is walk in, sit at that seat, and there will be a full-size candy bar right there. And then you can decide what to do. You can decide to eat it. You can decide. And I will give you an A just for coming in and sitting down. Mm -hmm. I will do that. And you can save the candy bar, whatever. And he kind of looked at me like he didn't know if I was being for real. And I walked back in and hoped for the best. And then, uh, and he walks. And he ate his, he ate his uh, candy bar and he put his thumb in his mouth and he went to sleep. 200 pound, 13 oh year old mm -hmm. baby. Yeah. And 
So we just battled. That was not my last problem with him. Mm -hmm. It was every day. I love you too much for this. He'd throw a desk every single day. I showed up. He showed up. We showed up. And I would say to him, I'm going to be here tomorrow. You're going to be here tomorrow. We're trying And he just started to kind of blossom. And like my, Mm. my teacher besties kind of knew about my relationship with this kid. And even the principal used it. Like he'd be Mm. in the cafeteria, like acting foolish, about to get in trouble. And my principal would be like, I'm going to tell Miss Kinder. (laughs) And he'd be like, no, no, please don't. I'd rather you call the police. Um, (laughs) So he, and just onward we went and he started to laugh and he started to work hard and, um, and I just loved him through it. And on the last day, and sometimes he spent like five hours a day with me, especially before mm-hmm. break, because then a break is the routine is oh, gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and Lord so, knows what he's going into. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so when he, he got kicked out the day before spring break, he got kicked out of every single class. I had him for seven hours. <laughs> I'm like, you know where to sit? And he's like, okay. And so onward we went and on the last day of school he just sobbed and he put his mm. head in my shoulder and sobbed and he didn't want to leave and I told him I'd help him and I have mm. and he graduated um, from college in May <gasps> awesome. and he he got a scholarship to college and he uh, <laughs> on an athletic scholarship and I still keep up with him I helped him get into college I helped him write papers I helped him and amazing so that's who we are for our kids. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm a push back on what you said because we're gonna be we're gonna be a good team. Yep. <laughs> sometimes it is just to love them that day. The day that he came in and ate a candy bar, and maybe you love them that day and the next day they're gonna participate and the next day they're not. Or maybe the next year they're gonna participate and the next day, but I'm gonna provide a safe Absolutely place. That day, yeah. And if you're safe in my room and you're emotionally, physically, everything's safe, uh, then maybe you're setting the teacher up for next year to yeah. be successful. Yeah, and I'm I, what I meant by that is, like, that's the goal, is that we don't have this false dichotomy, but yes. we have to meet kids where they are. Well, that's, what, that's where I want to go with this, is so how do we bridge that? You know, like, meeting them where they are, what their physical needs are that day, whether that's sleeping or food or whatever, to then, like, when we do come in and we, you know, approach everything as if it is a very important situation. Like, so, because I don't, like, if Marcus would have come in on the first day, I don't know if, like, just making him work would have done the right thing. So, like, how, I don't know, how as teachers do we get from this to that do you want my answer? Yeah. Oh, okay. All of you. I want, I want discussion, everybody. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I start at the beginning. I also wrote a blog. I think it was just one. And it's just like the beginning of school. Like this is you know, the top 10 things that yes. you should do. Mm-hmm. Yes. And number one is learn their name yes. and learn how to pronounce their name. And I don't yes. care if you've got 150 kids that come to you every day. You study those names and you get it every single day. And I would... That's so good. And I w- I'm awkward, so I like to awkwardly walk through and be like, okay, Aaron, first day of school. Aaron, how are you? It's good to see you. Did you have a good mm-hmm. summer? Like, what's mm-hmm. up? Like, are you into the Oklahoma City Thunder? Like, And they're just uh. looking at me like, first day. They're like, Yes. Right. Oh, I did a weird just sitting in my chair. Who is this lady who thinks she can talk to us? Right. But every day, every day, like I would walk and be like, okay, Joe, yes. Rick, Goodness, it's good to see you. I like that blue shirt. And that, 
like every single day. Yes. And then I'm very love and logic. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that yes. in the workshop and we'll do some things with it. Mm-hmm. I'm very, you know, I'm going to hold into high expectations. So somebody decides to throw a pencil across the room. I'm not going to ignore it. Yeah. Or somebody tries to talk when I'm trying to speak. I ain't doing that. So I would just be like, gosh, Rick, you don't know this yet, but we don't talk across my classroom. Do you understand? And they were like, okay. Um, Like, (laughs) yeah. And eventually after six weeks of that, oh gosh, I'm so sorry. We don't try to put a pencil into the wall. (laughs) Like that's not okay. You know, middle school, you know exactly what I'm talking about. (laughs) I was working with a teacher who is, she's a first year teacher. She really struggled. And she asked me to come into her room. This was years ago. And I walked into her room and there were probably a thousand pencils stuck in the ceiling. Ceiling. Oh, the ceiling. And (laughs) and I was like, oh my gosh, what's happening in here? And she's like, I can't keep them from doing it. And so, yeah, it was um, from the beginning. You have to be very clear with your expectations. Gosh, you might be able to do that at home. The S word to me is you're not allowed to say shut up or stupid in my room. Mm-hmm. I'm working with 14 year olds mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I, and they're like, you can't say that S word, you know? And so from the beginning of school till September, what, how do you handle, you know, when they have the fences, when they've, you know, tried to throw the pencil up into the ceiling? And I can't, I mean, proximity works. Yeah. You guys all know this. <laughs> and so I can come over and be like, and I have gloriously messed this up in my career. And we can talk about that in the workshop too. <laughs> I am passionate. And sometimes that passion can come out as anger. Oh yeah. Yeah. And especially you. since I have this relationship with these kids and I love them and I'm working hard and I expect them to work hard that it's hard yeah. not to Like, get your feelings hurt by a 12-year-old, but don't get your feelings hurt by a 12-year-old. They're 12. They don't, their frontal cortex is like, yum. And so I address every issue, all of it. I teach them how we work in a group, how we, you know, we sit in rows. I call them writing rows, instrumental music. I mean, my kids are trained. Mm -hmm. But again, it took me some time to get there. There, There is an element of you're constructing a, like a small society. And like what I hear from you and what you're saying is that you know where this group needs to go. And the only way to get there is to constantly point to, no, we we don't do that. We do, we do this Mm -hmm. and to hold that expectation high and Mm -hmm. also to protect that vision of what you have for that community. Like for me, what worked was like, I know where we're going. You're Derail, trying to derail the train. We don't do that. Get back on the train. Mm-hmm. I, I know, in, and I created a safe place. Uh-huh. It's like, you just hang with me. We'll be all right. But you can't do that. And a lot of my stuff was getting close to them and quiet with mm-hmm. them. Proximity. Yes. 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 That's what I was going to say. Like, I will, that I will whisper. That's what I was going to say. Whisper, because you have to listen <laughs> to hear a whisper. And I will be like talking to the class, and then I'll get, you know, super close over there yes. to, to Joe and be like, if you interrupt my teaching one more time i'm gonna kick you out do you understand me are you scared right now i love it i love it, I love it. i'm shaking i'm ready There's, yeah. that's twofold one proximity is can be intimidating because you are the you should be the teacher should be the representation of authority in the classroom yes. you're coming up gently and letting them know like this is my seat and you're not mm. going to sit in my seat. But the other thing is it's respectful because you are not publicly shaming them right. in front of the whole group. Mm. And I've, I've noticed with kids is that, one, they hear me. 
and they change it. But I, th- I feel like they also appreciate the fact that I wasn't just a total a-hole yeah. in front of right. everybody and yeah. all of their friends and all of that stuff. And I've seen like, some baby teachers. That's what I call my new teachers. Mm-hmm. That they want so badly to be liked by their students and that's not like you ha- you can't go in with it to it like that Mm-mm. um you can love them you can be their teacher but uh the respect and like will come later but don't say something that you don't mean don't say that you're going to have them yes. step out in the hall if you don't mean that because you better follow up on it and i as a human being and infallible have said you know my very first year i told a kid that I was going <laughs> to give him a zero on a test, which I don't even believe in zeros. Yeah. If he talked one more time during the test. And then I ripped his test up. Oh. Uh, I've done he, some regrettable things. I, know, right? I was going to say, we've all done stupid And he stuff. bawled his eyes out. Big old high schooler. And I was like, well, that, I screwed that up. <laughs> that didn't work like I right. wanted Right. Um, but I will say, if you say you're going to have them step outside and then they do it again, I mean, the whole class is watching to see yes. if you can, you stand by your word. Do you stand by yep. your word? Yes. Yeah. You're training your classroom through all of those interactions. 100%. Now, the, the farther you go in the school year, the less you have to do that because they just it's kind of a given yeah. of what to expect. But I would like to go around the horn to say what was one of the worst maybe the one the thing that you regret oh god in in your classroom management i've got a i've got one right off the bat that was it that i mean i don't need to go that (laughs) was it (laughs) i ripped up their paper in front of everyone (laughs) yeah well mine was first year and i one of my keynotes is about this is a central point but I had a, a student named Michael McKisson, and I was thrown into PE, which I was trained to be history teacher. And so uh-huh. I, I, I was way out of my depth in a lot of different ways. But we were um, three weeks, four weeks in uh, to the school year. And long story short, he ended up asking me how many days of detention he would get if he punched me in the face. <gasps> and my response was, just come on down and let's find out. So I, let's go, bro. That's exactly that was the premise. It's a good answer. That was the premise. And he was 15, maybe 16. I think he was 15. He was in eighth grade and I was 22 and first year teacher fresh few weeks. And I had, he had pushed me right to the edge. And then I just started to freak out because he obviously went to the office and I I had to make it to the office before he did. <laughs> you ran. <laughs> just to let, let them know. I had a back way and just let him know what had happened because it was just, but that happens. Yes. First year teachers, second year teachers, maybe even third, you will do something crazy. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh my God, why did I, why yeah. would I do that? So mm-hmm. I want people to make sure that they, that they know that it's okay. Yes. You can survive it. Joe, what do you got? Oh gosh, I have so many. <laughs> so, 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 so many. Um, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll share a, a rather comical one. How about that? Perfect. Um, so first year teaching, sixth grade. Um, I, some students were passing notes. This was pre, uh, you know, cell phone on mm-hmm. the lap, uh, smiling at your crotch <laughs> kind of behavior. <laughs> um, so some kids were passing some notes, and I was like, ha, ha. I know this game because I played this game in middle school too. So I grabbed the note 
And I was like, if we pass notes in this class, then there will be some devastating consequences. So I opened up the note and I said, I'm going to read this note aloud. And all it said in the note was, I need a snow cone. That's all it said. (laughs) And so I I kept reading it and I was like, I need a snow cone? Really, guys? We're talking about ancient Egypt and (laughs) we're talking about snow cones and I just kept saying it over and over I need a snow cone I need a snow cone and then I had the whole class starts erupting out in laughter and I was like oh this means something I don't understand (laughs) yeah oh no (laughs) and this little girl in the back I will never forget her I said I said okay clearly this means something I do not understand and she raised her hand she goes uh miss maybe it means blowjob (gasps) in front of everyone Good thing they weren't filming you, uh, because today they would have been filming you doing that. Uh, so I was repeating over and over in my class, I need a blowjob. <laughs> I need it. I need it. I need a blowjob. <laughs> really, kids? We're talking now? about getting a blowjob, yeah. but we're talking about Egypt. <laughs> uh. so, so I thought I was being all smart and smug, you know, like, I'm going to embarrass you. Oh, no, no. Oh, no, no. no, no. You, ban- you embarrass yourselves. Yes. 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 Oh. So... That's if funny. you get notes or whatever, um, just take, take a take a breath. <laughs> now take a that would have gone viral. That yeah. Today, <laughs> don't don't read it out loud. That's very funny. And mm. tr- trust your uh, you know sources. Like, hey, I don't know what this means before you decide yeah. to read it out. Loud. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. I am not trying to just not play this game because I have had so many mistakes, but I'm having a hard time like remembering like a good story but just the biggest thing that I just recoil at is my first year or two or maybe more I don't know is uh, I hate them like all class consequences yeah. oh, oh, we've, all, we've all done it we've all done it and it's like other teachers were doing it and yeah. I was 22 years old and like mm-hmm. what do I do my class is being loud so you're all in trouble for that you yep. know like we're all losing recess. We're That's, all copying out of the yes. dictionary. And I know that that sucks. Like, I, as a kid, I mean, I was really talkative and stuff, but I know the few times that I wasn't talkative and I got punished for, like, other people's stuff, that sucks. And you it hated su- your teacher for Yes, it. and you're yeah. like, like, what's the point of being good at that point? Right. Yeah. 100%. Like, right. I'm sure Rick's daughter, poor Katie Holmes, she was early on in my teacher or teaching career. I'm sure I... All class punished her. She loves you. It's all good. All class punished her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but Uh, Katie, you're right. I did it. I mean, you. It's the worst. I think it's a reflection Mm -hmm. of a teacher in in desperate moments. So true. They've reached the end. They just don't know what else to do, and they're like, "It's like you're dropping the atom bomb. Like you, you don't know what else to do, so you're gonna do it." Um, That's. I, the one I, I'm thinking of, that's what happened to me. I was like, <laughs> this thing is really big. We weren't inside the classroom. Yeah. We were listening. We were uh, you know, listening to some guest speakers that had come in, and they were disrespectful. But it was of the 30 kids, I mean, it was a good 20 of them yeah. were involved. And I was like, I don't know what to do with this. I can't go talk to each one of them. I, yeah. can't, I couldn't even get up. You know, We had to yes. address it after the fact. And boy, I let them have it. And it wasn't a one-day thing. It was like a week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But it didn't happen again. And sometimes, you know, that's all you're trying to... It Teaching is not always perfect. Sometimes yeah. it is survival. And it never will be. It's it messy. It's, it's human. Yeah, yeah, because you're dealing with a bunch of humans. Yeah, and so it, it's you try to do better next yes. time. 
I had students that were responsible for having um, all pen caps from the entire school had to be removed. So every time a new box of pens arrived at the school, they removed every single pen cap. <sighs> so even if you were in first grade, you were not allowed to have a pen cap because my students figured out how to smoke pot out of them. So, <laughs> um, so not only that's project was, man, that's yeah, that's project based learning. Yes, <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, wow. not not just whole class consequence. That was a whole school consequence. Oh my goodness! For the time. behavior of my middle school humans which they uh recalled uh, a couple years ago when i went to visit they were like yeah do you remember how much pot we smoked smoked in the bathroom i'm like don't tell me that please don't tell me that wow that is funny that's next level um something though that i keep thinking is like like what you said katie is how don't say stuff that you don't mean and i that is a lesson that i learned you know first couple of years that I'm not, you know, if you say something and then you're like, well, shoot, how am I going to follow through on this? I don't actually want, I'm not actually that upset even. I don't want to do this, but so I've learned that, but I've also, and please, you know, tell me if I should be doing something differently, but I also reflecting like, like, you know, a day happens, it doesn't go well or whatever you something happens with the kid, you dole out a consequence or whatever, and it's just, you're not feeling good about it. I think it's also okay to come back the next day and be like, dude, I've thought about this and I don't like, I don't like where this went. I kind of want to redo this. And, and then I think that's helping. That's showing your kid, you respect them as a person, as an individual, and you're showing that you're fallible also. And, you know, and, and that you want to, you know, do do right by them. I and completely so, agree with you. And so, hundred yeah. percent. I really don't say what you're not prepared to do, but also know that like you're not perfect, and you can like change it. You know, you can whatever. Well, one of my favorite things to do is because you know that passion comes out, and sometimes it's anger. Yes, exactly. And I uh, is to go grab them out of their zero hour class or whatever, and and do a walkabout, or grab them out of breakfast, and uh, just be like, okay. I messed that up. Yes. I love you. Let's talk about what we should do. And they usually are really hard on themselves. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I don't want to do that either. Uh, but yeah, you know, just having a walkabout and being like, okay, I'm human. You're human. Let's talk about how it's okay to fail forward. It's okay to like. Fail forward. That's good. Let's fix it. And more times than not, they're like, okay, we got you, Miss Kinder. We're going to have detention for two weeks. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not, I'm not saying everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think treating them as humans. Exactly. I think that's so important. Be, being a human, too. And what you said was owning the fact that you didn't lead well mm-hmm. is a good marker of an of a excellent leader. And that's showing a kid how to, like, how take to responsibility yes. for when they mess up or when they do say something they shouldn't have said or whatever. Yeah. And I'm going to go outside of the classroom for Mm -hmm. just a second, but then maybe this will speak to some of the coaches out there. The worst and best moment of of my coaching career in the the latter years had something to do exactly with that. So, and I won't go into the detail, but we were in a game that would determine whether we could go to kind of the next level, go Mm -hmm. to the state tournament. Yeah. And if we beat this team, then we do it. This team shows up and just wrecks us. And we were good. Wrecks us. 
At the end of the game, I was so pissed at myself, at my team. I was embarrassed. It came out as anger. And I, the kid I was closest to on the team was my point guard, and I'd really invested a lot of time in that relationship, and I just lit the whole relationship on fire. Just lit it on fire on her way into the locker room after she had just gone through a really horrific thing. Mm. Like, she just, you know, got beat bad. And it took about two minutes, and I was like, what am I doing? Who, who is this person? And then I had to deal with her dad out in the lobby because he was pissed, too. And I, the next day, we showed up at the, at the school, and I apologized. Mm-hmm. I said, that what you saw yesterday was not who I want to be. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're going to do a hard reset, and we're going we're gonna to start again. Did it work? It absolutely worked. Mm-hmm. We, we ended up going to the state tournament uh, as a result because I owned – because that was out of character for me. But, jeez, it, it just mm-hmm. blew up. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I was – I, I'm, it meant so much to me. Those kids meant so much to me. I, I was like, I can't be the reason this thing just eviscerates. Mm. So. And we know anger That's is good. just typically a manifestation of fear. Yes. Yep. Right? Yes. So, yes. Yes. And and generally, if I'm raising my voice, it's because I'm scared of something. Mm-hmm. Mm. Losing control. Yep. Scared of losing control. Scared yeah. about their safety. Scared about their learning. Scared. I'm scared. Right. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And yeah. when when the times that I had to apologize for raising my voice, I would come back to that innate fear. What was, what was I fearing in that moment that led me to the, my passion? Yeah. Right. But all anger is, is uh, most anger is a manifestation of fear at, at some level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is my psychology major coming out again. Oh, oh, we love it. I know. Real. Truly. One, one thing about teaching is it is harder now. Yes, than it was, 100%. say, 20, 50 years ago, whatever. But I think that it's better now because mm-hmm. teachers can't just come in and operate the room out of fear because mm-hmm. kids won't have it. No. Mm-hmm. They just won't have it. So kids are harder to teach, but if you want to be a good teacher and, and an awesome human being with a really good <laughs> skill set with people, you'll meet that challenge, and and you can do it. It, it is possible, but it is challenging because mm-hmm. they make you be honest, you know, because they can look stuff up on their phone. Yeah. Well, they shouldn't have their phone in class. Yeah. We'll talk about that, too. <laughs> exactly. True. Um, another thing that um, I really want to talk about and something that I did not do is approaching other teachers for help and asking for help when I am like, this isn't working. I had, I was that teacher who was, uh, you know, through my twenties thought like, well, I have to have it all together. This is what I have to do. And I, you know, I, I, it was probably a level of pride in there, but really it was more fear of like looking like I didn't know what I was going to do, but, or, I don't know. So going to teachers, whether it's a student's previous teacher or something else, I think it is a waste to not explore your options at school, the other teachers. What do you guys think? I mean, I agree. I just spent, I was in Friday, I was in McAllister and I had 15 first and second year teachers in the morning and 15 first and second year teachers in the afternoon. And I did something I've never done before because literally the guy who hired me said, no principal will be there. No district admin will be there. 
I want you to get real with these teachers. I want you to really mm-hmm. help them with the concerns they actually have. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, well, they're going to be in front of peers. So what if they don't even feel comfortable with that? So I did this anonymous, give me an anonymous concern, anonymous question, and an anonymous celebration. The basket that I had was decently big, and it was just, like, overflowing (sighs) with... And so I kind of scrapped some of the stuff I was doing and sat with them, and there were tears and real questions, Uh. and I'm scared, and what do you do with this? And, and like, I was so moved by them because they... You feel like you're alone on your island, and you're not. Mm-hmm. Because you're the one in the in the classroom, mm-hmm. and you're the one. You, mm-hmm. you feel like you have to know it all or, or do it all. And it was really powerful for me as a facilitator and speaker mm-hmm. and workshop giver that I might continue to do that. So, yeah, I think leaning on, it takes all of us. Yes. Every single one of us in the building. It does. Yeah. Well, that exact That is the exact reason why we're doing Mm-hmm. the workshop the exact reason because we all went through this feeling like we were alone yes <laughs> and had no options and we're scared to death and i would say that if you look around and you don't see any teachers that you want to talk to and ask about um there are other schools out there that mm-hmm. are really lots of others that are really mm-hmm. challenging and there's some amazing teachers and amazing principals out there so don't feel like the that your school is the only way it's done you know, it like I've been in that spot. Yeah. I look around and I'm like, everybody's doing it like I do it. And I know I'm not doing it the way it needs to be done. And I ended up at a different school and I was like, holy crap, these guys are awesome. <laughs> I am, I am the worst this teacher here, <laughs> which is exactly, which is exactly yes. where I wanted to be. Yes. I, I wanted to grow. It you pushes know? you. Yeah. Um, one last thing before we start doing all of our roundup stuff. Um, I've said this a long time before, a long time ago, when Rick and I very first started the podcast, and we talked about living in the and, like it doesn't have, you don't have to just be one thing or the next. So especially in classroom management, like you can love your class and you can struggle with them. And that's perfectly okay. You can love your job and desperately need to take a mental health day and need a break from your class or anything. You can be a good teacher and you can mess up and you're imperfect and that's okay. So with classroom management, you have to stay like flexible and malleable and, you know, willing to change because it is so many things at the same time. It is kids who are coming in your class and who are wanting to learn, but they're also like walking through hell in their personal life. Like we need We have to live in the and. We have to do that for ourselves, and we have to do that for our students. I love that. Mm -hmm. Live in the and. Hashtag live in the and. We're going viral again, guys. (laughs) Again, all day, every day. All right. Well, is there anything else that you guys want to talk about classroom management-wise that we haven't gotten to? Come to our workshop and find out more. This was just a snippet, everyone. I know. Oh, man. A glancing blow. If you want to get knocked (laughs) out. (laughs) <laughs> September 21st and September 28th. That's Love to have right. You. All right. So before we end up with our final question, I want to ask Katie and Joe, would you like to plug anything? Your social media, websites. We have an author among us right now. Mm-hmm. Any projects you're working on? So Katie, you go ahead. What would you like to plug? Well, you can follow me on Twitter. 
Twitter, Katie Kinder One, and you can follow me on Instagram at Untold Teaching Truths. And Untold Teaching Truths is my book, mm-hmm. and I'm working on another one. <gasps> <gasps> It's going to be a collaboration with two amazing humans that I know. Uh, One's a principal and one's just like an icon. And I think we're going to call it. I'm not going to tell you. Uh, It's going to be. That was just like a little little teaser. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. But guys, her book, Untold Teaching Truths, is really good. Really good. It's like it feels like you're having a conversation with Katie, Mm -hmm. which I hope you guys have gotten to see this past hour that like that's really fun i'm trying to put it on audible but i haven't figured that out yet because i mean the stories in my voice yeah and the people who know me yes they know to put insert my voice but i want i want to have a conversation with all the teachers and that's what i've been doing really because i've been driving so much doing all these pd i've been to hollis McAllister, yeah newcastle and so i've been podcasting things or audible books Uh and I really am trying. Maybe Rick can help me. I can help you. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's always been a dream is, is to write a book and then be able to record the audio. Yes. Version. Oh, my gosh. That would be so cool. I love it. <laughs> All right, Miss Joe. how about you? What do you want to plug? Um, so I'm also in the process of writing a book, specifically yeah. on coaching. Um, and and, and hold coaching. on. I'm interrupting you. Yes. Me and Rick got to go to... Cushing was that yes. where we went mm-hmm. and we followed Joe around for a day and got to see her coaching teachers we got to see her in a classroom where kids were in the classroom with the teachers and then like the follow-up after conversations oh my goodness this lady she's good she's so good mm-hmm. yeah. so I can't wait to read what your Thank book you. is yeah it's it, I've been working on this framework for gosh I don't even know how many years and to actually put it down on paper yeah. is pretty exciting uh, um and when you say coaching let's be specific what are you mm. what are you talking about specifically? Yeah, so your typical coaching cycles involve identifying a specific narrow action step from the classroom based upon the evidence that you collect that you um, practice in a coaching conversation. So you build really small technical skills. The framework that I've been working on is figuring out how to uh, tackle both skills and mindsets simultaneously. Mm -hmm. So they're not just, uh, we're just working on the technical or we're just working on the adaptive. We're doing both. Um, And when to identify the underlying root mindsets Mm. Um, that might be holding someone back from making those skills stick. Mm-hmm. Um, so people power circumstance that, that influences the way that people think. Um, so it's a, it's a big, um, uh, it, it combines both the technical aspects of, uh, of instructional coaching with a lot of psychology, uh, which is, is pretty fun. So, um, I've been writing a number of articles as well related to coaching. One came out recently on Edutopia on the power of praise. Um, so there's a whole bunch of stuff that, that I've been writing on on the topic of coaching. So, um, check out some of those things. And, you know, Aaron, you said I could plug anything. If I'm going to plug anything right now, (laughs) it is going to be, um, embrace, embrace, uh, some good queso because life is good when you have good that queso. is true. Mm. Wonderful. That's my, Hallelujah. you know, there's five love languages. I now have Here's created a sixth okay. one, which is just queso. queso. Life lessons with Joe. Yes. Melted Kelly, cheese. Yes. The power. Kelly Clarkson loves queso and talks about queso with like love in her heart. Like yes. Just yeah. said too. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's real. It's, it's a passion. There's psychology it. behind it. <laughs> it's a passion. Uh, okay. Well, we just heard Joe's recommendation. Queso, do you have a favorite place to get queso in Tulsa? Oh, well, now I've been getting these big vats of queso at Costco, which 
Shout uh, out to Costco. I've heard place. they have good queso. Oh, I've never had so it before. Good. Yeah, Someone my, was telling me that. My husband just brought me like a quesadilla with queso and then chips and queso. And Boom. I was like, this, it, I, he knows how to love me. Best yes. husband <laughs> ever. For 12 and a half years. He knows how to love me. It's very true. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay, well, I'm going to recommend two shows. I am so excited about the new Game of Thrones show, Ooh. The House of the Dragon on HBO. Oh my gosh, it's so good. It's actually awful and violent, but it's also really good. In the good. best way possible. <laughs> yeah. My husband said this and I really like it. He's like it sh- cuz it's they just show like the ugliness of war and all this stuff and it's hard to watch it and he said, "Well, yeah, they show like the bad part of the ugly stuff. Like, uh, you know, when they have just like violent movies and stuff like that, you just see people just dying right and left. But like here you see like the human suffering. And you're like, Oh, this really sucks. But like, what about the people heart. who got burned at the <gasps> end? No kidding. When, yes. Like, so is it, will it redeem? Our... Well, this is like a thousand years before. Right. I knew it was before, but like, you know how, what, the, what they did to Khaleesi. Yes. Daenerys. Yes. It was not a good ending for her. I didn't love it. I felt I didn't like love it, it really like Spoiler alert, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. But I mean everybody knows. Everybody's sure. seen the memes. Yes. Yeah. So so you think that it's like it's redeeming. Oh, it's so good. And the new the you know, girl who's the lead character, Rhaenyra, I think is her name. She's like just breathtaking. She's amazing. She's wonderful. She looks like a true Targaryen with that blonde hair. She's wonderful. And then also the new Lord of the Rings show, The Rings of Power. It's good. Oh, it's so, so, so good. I've been so looking forward to this. Lord of the Rings was the first, like, fantasy world that I really just got into and love. So I'm just beyond happy to Those be back Those are two there again. TV shows that are on the level of movies. Oh, yeah. Every yeah. week. Yeah. Every They're really good. Week. Yeah. All right, Rick, what about you? What are you going to recommend? Um, I'm, I don't have anything to recommend. Okay. I, I do have, I want to spotlight something that was that was pretty big. You know, Andrea and I have been working on our book for a time, a spell, and <laughs> we we handed it off to the publisher. Um, Congratulations! A, a week ago. Oh, thank you. Um, that is wonderful. Things have been spinning pretty at, at a pretty crazy rate but we we handed it off to them we're having you know our follow-up meeting to talk about you know the book jacket and, uh, and all of that stuff uh later on this month are so you designing the cover i you know i no, no short okay. answer is no okay. i mean we it's a collaborative thing gotcha but uh, to be honest i i'm very happy to hand it to them and I say you know that. do it yeah. do what you think uh, because it's just it's been a labor of love for um, a long time. Yes. And so it, that was a big deal for for me and, and for it's Andrea like as how well. relate and educate started. started. That was the origin yes. of everything. Yeah. That's so, so exciting. So good. Yeah. I We're can't really wait. excited. All right, Katie, what about you? Okay, I'm going back to tried and true things that I listen to on the road, wow. and the one of them is Glennon Doyle's "We Can Do Hard Things." Yes. Every week. I'm in. And then when I need a little bit of a change of pace or I've gone through all of Glennon's things, <laughs> yeah. I go to armchair expert. I, for some reason, knew you were going to say that. That's an all-time favorite. Is it I wonderful? Never you know, did you know that I've emailed them several times? No. <laughs> and I'm just like, hey, 
Dax and Monica. I'm like, hey guys. And I'm sure they get it like all the time. But I'm like, I'm coming on your podcast when I'm famous enough. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm like, I could be expert on expert. Like, think about it. I and then love I hear that. crickets. Of course. But then I try again. Um, because trying. I mean, oh, Katie, keep doing Dreams that. don't work unless you do. That's, That's in right. Rick's office, by the way. I've been reading it over and over again. And then when I really want to change a pace, and I don't recommend it for mental health but crime junkie oh yes yeah yeah it's oh, so yes. good <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> i just i language. want and it's not great because i'm already a worrier i know so then mean, it makes you think that like danger is lurking around every corner but it is good sometimes it can be like a weird escape to like yeah i yeah, get it i have not heard of that one before it's good yeah it's good. All right. Well, this has been fun. Thank you guys so much. It's yeah, she queso. Queso. <laughs> thing, yeah. yeah. Melted cheese. Joe wants queso all day. Her yeah. love language. All yes. day. All day, everything. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you guys again. Last plug for a Relate and Educate Classroom Management Workshops in Tulsa, Oklahoma on September 21st and in Oklahoma City on September 28th. We cannot wait to see you guys there. Go to our website for more information. Visit our website at relatethenneducate.com and check out our speaking page, see what we talk about, and get in touch with us if you'd like us to come to your school. Teachers, you have a story worthy of sharing, so reach out to us on the website or email us at relatethenneducate at gmail.com and we would love to get in contact with you. Please like and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at relatethenneducate and on Twitter at RelateThenEDUC and the number one. And then on whatever you're listening to this podcast, make sure you have followed us, subscribe to us, and also leave a review. That would be really helpful. It helps us grow. And finally, teachers, you are worthy. You are valuable. And you are loved. Bye.